We thank you, Lord, too, for the people who are here this morning. And although we may only be small in number, it doesn't matter, because the word says, where two or three or more are gathered in thy name, there thou art in the midst. And so, Lord, we just pray for this time together this morning. And we pray that you just be with us in a mighty way. And pray that we might just be blessed by your word. Because your word is as powerful as a two-edged sword. It's the written word of God. It's the, <clears throat> it's the inspired word of God. And we just thank you, Lord, that we, you love us so much. And we look at this passage of scripture now of how you changed a man from what he was to what he was before he went to be with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we have two forms of scripture. The first one that um, Eddie, ran, uh, read, Eddie sang, Eddie sang, Eddie, uh, read, and it's Matthew 26, verses 69 to 75. Now this is a well-known portion of scripture. We all know the denial of Peter. And, and when we look at the denial of Peter, we need to ask ourselves of sin. Because we all sin. Every one of us in this room this morning, I have sinned this morning. I've asked God to, to forgive me. And it's so important that we ask God that we repent of the things that we do wrong. Because repentance is not only the time when you accept the Lord Jesus from the depths of despair, but also the fact is it's with us and that we need to repent day by day. Scripture says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And this is a well-known story, and as this has just, just gone about a week ago, I thought it would be good just to see how God can change people's lives in both the old and the new, and in our own generation. First of all, I'm probably, you probably know this, but I'd like to share. First of all, who was Peter? Peter was a disciple of Jesus. His brother's name was Andrew. And Jesus met him on the Sea of Galilee, and, Peter, and Jesus says, Come and follow me. And Peter immediately left his nets and came and followed Jesus. And Peter at times was very rash, wasn't he? Remember the time when Judas came and, and, um, and took them away, and Peter cut off one of the soldiers' ears, and then, Peter, and then God reinstated that. And said, if, don't you know, there are legions of angels there waiting for this to happen. But then the cock crowed, God, Jesus spoke to Peter and said, you will deny me three times. It says in, in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 31, verse 34, it says, Assuredly I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Verse 35, it says, Peter said to him, Even if I had to die with you, I would not deny you. And so said all the disciples. And then later on, we read that the disciples deserted Jesus as he was going through this difficult time. So what does that tell us? First of all, Peter's response, which said, um, even if I have to die you, I will not deny you. That was the word of the flesh. Wasn't the word of God, it was the word of flesh. Because God, because Peter did not know, the, did not know God as he knew later in the Acts of the Apostles. 
So let's just look at this situation. Peter sat outside in the courtyard. There was a certain girl came to him and said to him, You also were with you, were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it. And he said, But he denied it, and before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. Remember, Peter was one of the closest followers of Jesus. Remember that Peter was one of those that went up into the mountain when the transfiguration came, when it was Peter, James, and John. And Peter said, I do not know what you are saying. So that was the first sin. And the problem is, when a person sins, they need to get that cleansed. They need that to be healed. Because if you don't, that sin gets worse and worse and worse. And this was no exception. And then it says, when he'd gone out to the gateway, another girl, so it wasn't the same servant girl, another girl came to him and said, uh, said to those who were, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. So it wasn't just the servant girl, she said to the people, and said, and another girl saw, and said to those who were there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. So you see how this, how this situation has got worse. Basically, the servant girl on her own, and the second time, the servant girl came, but there were others involved as well. And one of the worst things for a Christian is when a non-Christian tells a Christian that they are wrong. When a person who doesn't know the Lord and then he tells lies because he didn't want to, he didn't, he didn't want the, the consequences of what may happen. And it says, but again he denied it with an oath. I do not know this man. So first there was a sin. Second there was a sin with an oath. That's bad in itself because it's going deeper and deeper and his separation from God is getting wider and wider. And you know as well as I do that when we, when there's a sin in our lives which is separating us from God, we don't have the communication with God that we want to have because it's that sin that separates us from God. And so, and then he began to curse. And then a little later, those who stood by came. So there was a servant girl. There was a servant girl that talked to other people. And it says that those, so there must have been a few people there. And it said, those who, those who, uh, surely you are one of those, for your speech betrayed you. So the evidence was there. He was a Galilean. He was a person from the north. And yes, he said he did not deny, did not know Jesus Christ. And he began to curse and to swear. And he wouldn't be a Christian, you know, you say that you're a Christian, but a Christian is done by deeds as well as words. You know, as, as James quietly says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Be ye doers of the word and not 
hearers only. And I can say to speak to someone about the Lord Jesus tomorrow, but if my life is not, you know, portraying Jesus, what is the point? Because we need to be right with God. I can't, I can speak to, we can speak to other people, but it's only through the Spirit of God that enables us to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he began to curse and he began to swear. And he said this, I do not know this man. So he must have got angry. He must have got angry with these men over these people. And then it says here, immediately a rooster crowed. Now what would your response be when you realise that the rooster crowed and Jesus has spoken to Peter and has said to Peter, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. And Peter says, even if I die with you, I will never disown you. And the sad thing was that he did, as foretold by Scripture. And it's so important that when we look at Scripture, we look at not only the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well. In Isaiah 53, which is a well-known passage, it talks about the suffering of Jesus. All came about at the end of Matthew, and in, in, the, in the episode of Matthew and Luke, of the evidence that what happened in Isaiah 53, which was foretold to Isaiah 700 years before it actually took place, again describing that the Bible is up to date and you can't have both the Old and the New Testament separate because they are together. And it says, so what did he do? What would you have done if you had been told that you denied Jesus, and we're all Christians in here, and you denied Jesus three times, and then God said to you, I said that was what was going to happen, what would you do? And you have two choices, don't you? You either turn your back on God altogether, or accept Jesus, and accept well, what's happened is wrong. So what did Peter do? It says that he went out into the courtyard, and he wept, Bitterly. So he knew that it was wrong. Have you ever felt a time when you needed to go to God? Have you ever felt a time when you've been on your own and you shouted to God and you said, Lord, please help, I need your assistance? Have you been like that? Because I have. And we and you come to your end each other, and the sad thing is that the last thing that last person that we talk to is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ says to us, speak to me, because I know what you're going through. Let me give you an example. Jesus knows when you're being persecuted. <clears throat> We've talked a lot today about the Christian Institute. The Christian Institute is an organisation that helps Christians who are suffering for their faith. And this week, is a, is a week of prayer for this organisation. And if you ever look at the website, I'd recommend that you go for it, because it shows what God is doing in the life of the Christian Institute. But you see, we are all sinners. I cannot live without Christ. You cannot live without Christ. 
And if I'm going to be a witness for Christ, I need to be right with Christ. I need to be ready for Christ. I need to deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. That's what we are to do. And we cannot save people, we never could. It's only Jesus who saves people's hearts and minds. We are called to be witnesses, as Matthew chapter 28, verse 20 says. So, he wept bitterly. And Jesus must have been very sad about what Peter had done. For he wept bitterly, and if that was me, if someone had said something about me which was wrong, I would probably need a lot of, say, a lot of people who would actually help me to, to, to forgive that person. You can't forget that thing, but you can forgive. But you cannot ever do anything without God. So what did Jesus do with Peter? Well, we know that Jesus, in the meantime, died on the cross. We know that he ascended into heaven. Sorry, we know that he, on the third day he rose from the grave. And then he met disciples. And on one of those occasions he met the disciples. And this is read in John chapter 21. John chapter 21, verses 15 to 19. This is what Jesus said to Peter. And this is this. Now this is when they were on the seashore. This is when Peter, when they realised that it was Jesus. And who did Jesus go to first? It said this in verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter. So he went straight to Peter. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter said, he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Well, he denied Jesus, didn't he? So how could he have loved him? But Jesus asked him the question, Do you love me? And Jesus said, You know, Peter said, You know that I love you. And Peter said, and Jesus said, Well, feed my sheep. Then he said it a second time. And he said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. So now, Peter, Jesus is now speaking to Peter about what Peter had done to Jesus on that particular night. Feed my sheep. Who is sheep? It's you and me. I cannot live without Christ. You cannot live without Christ. I cannot get up in the morning unless I give the day to Christ. And I bet you're the same, aren't you? You have to give it to Christ because without him, we can't do anything. And you can identify that in your own situation. I mean, take this church, for example. You know, there are times when the pandemic was here, you wondered whether it was going to stay open. The same with Dingle Mount. But Jesus honours those who honour him. And we praise God for that. And so Peter, and he said, and then he said to him a third time. And the same words, he said, um, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? 
So on three occasions he asks the same question, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Now by this time, Peter was getting rather grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, will feed my sheep. How many times did Jesus ask the same question? Three times. Why did he ask three times? Because Peter denied Jesus three times. And then Jesus reinstated Peter. And if you're going through a difficult situation this morning, and I don't know, because I don't I know some of you obviously, and you have a difficult time, you need to give it to Christ. You know, we've had problems with Thomas, we give it to we give the Lord, we give God, we give Thomas to God. And God will deal with him in his own time. We now have communication with him, but he still needs the Lord. And there are people here who have issues. You know, you may have your own issues. You may have your own situations. God answers prayer. Never ever think that God does not answer prayer, because he does. And as we say here, in Peter. Now Peter at this time was very sheepish, wasn't he? You know, because he realized he'd made a mistake and yes, he grew strength because Jesus spoke to him. But what happened to Peter after he was reinstated? What happened to Peter after Jesus said to him, well, feed my sheep? Because it says in scripture that Peter suffered a real difficult death was that when he was hung, he was hung upside down in Rome. That was the message, because it says here, in the passage that we've just read, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger, you girded, uh, sorry, verse 19, this he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. And that was the death that he was going to suffer. But what did Peter do in the meantime between that statement and when he went to Rome? Well, first of all, in the Acts of the Apostles, in chapter 2, the disciples went into the upper room. Why did they go into the upper room? Because they waited for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit which changes people's lives. Peter would not do anything unless he was filled with the Spirit of God. And then this same man who was denying Jesus in, in Matthew's Gospel and also was being reinstated by Peter, being reinstated by Jesus, Peter in Acts chapter 2 verse 14 says, But Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, this be known to you, that by this what we spoken by the prophet Joel, who saying, we're not drunk, but we are filled with the Spirit. Because it says that many people were healed, many people spoke in tongues, spirits came out of many people, and God was at work on the day of Pentecost. This man before wasn't even would you have thought a few weeks after this that Peter would have done what he did? 
But you know, that's not all. Because remember that Peter, as I said to you, Peter was a person who did not, was, was a fearful of the Romans. And he was definitely fearful of the Sanhedrin, which is a Jewish council. And they were responsible for the death of Jesus. And yet it says in Acts chapter 3, it says this, Acts chapter 2 or 3, yes, probably then, but Jesus, where Peter was before the Sanhedrin, the people were, the Jesus, the Peter was healed, Peter healed the person through the power of Jesus Christ. And he was, and, he, and what was good about it, the Sanhedrin said, who is this man? He is not educated. He's only a fisherman. He's not educated. He's only a fisherman. And he asked, they asked him the question. And Peter said to the Sanhedrin, you are a stiff-necked people. How good is that? You are a stiff-necked people. And then it says, and you are responsible for the death, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are responsible. And then he said, but God raised him up from the dead. What a transformation. What a transformation of a man who was at, was at, the, was at the, in the courtyard to a man who was reinstated by Jesus. And then he preaches the gospel on the day of Pentecost and then tackles the Sanhedrin and said to them, you are a stiff-necked people. Wouldn't it be good today if we have men like that? We praise God for that that, uh, that politician who spoke in the commons and said that he was born again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. We praise God for that uh, Scottish Nationalist member who professes salvation and ran for, for the for the part for the Scottish National Party. And who knows, may come later. But she believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to pray for these people. We need to pray for these people. We need to pray for this week when the Christian Institute, when people, when it's a whole day of prayer and it's going towards Parliament, that the Christians stand up to the people of, of Parliament who are atheists, who do not believe in the Lord Jesus. For example, the leader of the Scottish National Party at the moment, who doesn't believe in God, who is a Muslim, is he? is a Muslim, but doesn't believe in God. And then we have this lady who does believe in God. How have they got that strength? How have they got that strength as Peter had? Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this same Jesus that was talking to Peter in the Acts of the Apostles is the same Jesus that is talking to you and me today in this place and in the country that we're in. God is at work. We may not see so much of it, but God is at work. And the question I'm asking you today, and myself, is God at work in my life? Is God at work in your life? Because that's what God does. He speaks through people like you and me. I'm no different to you. Some people have a bit more hair than me. But anyway, speak, 
but <laughs> but praise the Lord God is not looking at outside appearances he's looking at the heart as it says in 1 Samuel man looks on the outward appearance but God looks at the heart and this is a real joy to see these young people here today isn't it a real joy just to see these young people playing in church isn't it good that we pray for these people we pray for the mums and dads of these children we pray for them because we don't know how long the Lord will return we never know God only knows but while we're on this earth we are busy for the Lord we are busy for the Lord and there's one opportunity and you may not go but one opportunity for this city to really pronounce Jesus Christ and that's the up and coming songs of Europe in May when the Gideons are good news are going to share the gospel with these people there are many people coming to this city who don't know the Lord and have no alternative moments but God answers prayer let me leave you with a story and I'll close I only just recently started loads of good news and it's been a blessing and I have these three New Testaments that you probably know about which are red binders and I thought to myself what am I going to do with these thread with these three Bibles so in the flats that we're in there are there are um, letter boxes which are up on the board we stick them in and the numbers so I stuck three in one in one in 38 one in can't remember and then a few hours later we got a knock on the door and the knock on the door said um, did you or your husband pass this into my into my letterbox and we said yes we did and she said well I'm awfully glad because I wanted to get back to knowing and reading the scriptures and <clears throat> that made me so emotional because what's impossible with men is possible with God you don't know what's going to happen here in this system. You don't know. But God does. And God wants the best. And I just share this. Peter didn't know what God knew because he was chosen before the foundations of the world. But Peter did not know that he would be a the, would be the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Would be a person that challenged the Sanhedrin. Was the person that serve the risen God. And that God is the same God in this place today. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word, and we just thank you for all that you mean to us. We pray, Lord, for those who are not with us today because of sickness or ill health. And we do pray, Lord, for those who may be still on holiday. But whatever they are, Lord, we pray that they might know your presence in a real way. I pray, Father, too, for the work in this church. I pray, Lord, for the, the Bible study and the prayer meeting, prayer meeting on Wednesday. And I pray, Lord, that it will be a powerful prayer time. I pray, Father, too, for the, the Mums and Tots on Friday and the, and, the, and the youth work on Friday evening. And I just pray, Lord, that those who come will be prepared by you that people who come, the, the, the Christians who come to those, 
will be given divine appointments that they may be able to speak to these people who need the Lord Jesus Christ. And I also pray, Father, too, for your hand to be upon the leadership of this church. I thank you, Lord, that it's still open and it's flourishing and we praise you. And we pray, Lord, that these doors will be kept open because, Lord, the Bible says that he who honours me, I will honour. And I just pray, Lord, that we will honour you because you are a wonderful God and a wonderful Saviour. And I just praise you for all that you've done. So, Lord, be with us now. Help us, direct us, guide us, and thank you for all that you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.